All right. Good morning. No, no, no. You're going to have to do a whole lot better than that. Good morning. All right. I'm excited about being here. Anybody else excited about being alive today? Amen. Anybody else would be a lot rather be alive in like Florida or Hawaii or anybody else? Amen. Awesome. Well, I'm Leo from Flint, uh, youth and young adult pastor at Holbrook Avenue uh, Church in Flint, where my father is the pastor there. And I uh, appreciate the invitation from Pastor Greg and uh, the leadership team here on giving me another shot to get it right here. Um, so I really do appreciate you guys being here. And um, some of you are here because you saw my face on the uh, internet about being here, so I appreciate your support. And some of you probably wouldn't have came if you saw my face on the internet. So surprise, I'm here and you cannot leave. We're locking doors. All right. So I'm here and I want to I make sure I get through this message today. It's a tough message. It's, it, I have a lot of verses, so I hope and pray that you have come prepared with your eye pencils and iPads and all this other stuff you could take notes with, because we're going to get into some a word today. I, I'm the type of um, preacher that preaches directly from the scriptures, and I let the scriptures basically speak for themselves. Um, so uh, they're really, um, you're going to probably feel at the end, like I really could have just read this at home. Um, and, and so, but I believe that God has called us to, there's a story in it uh, for us today. My title today is A Heart to Hear. A Heart to it takes a heart to hear. Like, I did not know this until I was making this message that the word ear is in the word hear. <laughs> and uh, wait a minute. Let me just stop. Let me pause. If you want this message to be long, don't say nothing throughout the message. Sit there and just stare. If you want this message to be shorter, you're going to have to say amen. All right. And if you want it to go really quick, somebody needs to say, preach, brother. <laughs> All right. Oh, so uh, I got an ADD. Um, it takes a heart to hear. I didn't like I never really thought about this. It has the word ear in here. And then when in the word heart, it has the word ear in it. Right has the H, and we put the T at the end to make heart, but to create heart, you have to hear with this T at the end. I just thought that was very sweet, and um, my mom used to call me special when I was young. Why are you laughing? Some preacher, brother, thank you. Thank you. We have one Christian in here, Amen. So she used to call me special, and um, you know, and, and I thought that was a good thing until I heard her whispering that to people, and then I found out that it wasn't necessarily good when she was whispering it. And then she, my teachers used to whisper it to each other, like Leo special. And uh, but then this preacher got on stage one day and told me that God thinks I'm special. Then I was like, that's right. I don't care what my mama said. So um, you know, so if you in this message feel like I'm kind of loopy and stuff, just whisper to your neighbor, he's special. All right. Um, and, and with that, and during this life that I've kind of just, you know, I'm a part of now as being a father and a husband of 
four amazing children and uh, have a wife who is just incredibly fine. Uh, like I married up. Thank God. That's how I know there is a God. Every time I wake up and roll over, I'll be like, God is real. Um, so, and, and, you know, and he has mercy because she stays there and she's been there for 16 years. Uh, so I know God has mercy for me. But anybody else as being a parent, if you're a parent in the house, you ever said when you were younger that you would never say some things your parents have said to you? Yes. Yeah. There's some of us that are like, I would never. My mom is ta- telling me something now. I'm never going to use that phrase when I become a parent. Never. My dad said this phrase to me one time. He was like, uh, Leo, I brought you in this world and I can take you out. I'm like, okay, pastor. Uh, I'm like, I would never say that to my kid because I'm confused. Like, that's the threat, right? And my dad is also like, you know, I grew up in an age where we used to receive spankings. Anybody else receive a good spanking in your life? Amen. Yeah. You know, my dad, when he was spanking me, he would say things like this. While he was spanking me, some of you millennials don't know what a spanking is. It's almost like a timeout, but you're getting hit with the chair. Um, So (laughs) um, my dad would say this as he's raising his hand. This is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. I'm confused. Well, give me the belt then. (laughs) Let let me hit you and get my punishment that way then, you know? And then this thing, this phrase right here, this is what I said the other day to my daughter, and I could not believe it because I I, I swore that I would never say this to a child because it's confusing. My mom yelled out, she says, Leo, you heard me, but you weren't listening. What? Yeah, I heard you, but you, you heard me, yes, but you weren't listening. Like, what are you talking about, mom? Just a couple of days ago, I was talking to my 10-year-old daughter named Zion, and I caught myself. She's like, Dad, I heard you. I said, I know you heard me, but you weren't listening. And immediately, God sent me 30 years back. So I was eight, and I heard them like, wait a minute, I'm sounding like my parent. Like, what does that mean? Like, can you really hear without listening? Can you really hear without listening? Just like all young people do now, I Googled it. And I Googled, like, can you really hear? Like, is there really a definition between listening and hearing? And Google, like it always does, or at least 9, 8, 40, 30% of the time is always right. It gave me this response, and it almost was like talking to me. It says, in contrary, listening is different from hearing because hearing is just receiving waves, sound waves. Listening is breaking down those sound waves and receiving information from it. So, wow. So, thank you, Google. And thank you, Mom. My mom was right. And that's rare. And um, she's not here, so. And you don't know her, so I'm good. Uh, But... I feel like what the Lord, you know, you guys have been talking about prayer and stuff like that when it comes to the uh, uh, the Bible. And you've been going through Psalms. And in our uh, prayers, we have, I have this question that we we're going to throw on the, on the screen. It says, what do you expect God to do when you pray? 
Because when we pray, we as a people, when we pray, as how serious we are, like God is this omnipresent being. He's the creator of all things. He is awesome and he has, he can end anything in just a blink of an hour. Just a thought is he can just take out everything, but he sustains us. And this is the creator of the universe. And we get to talk to him. That's crazy. We get to talk to God. With no special uniform on, with no special hat on, with not, you know, we don't have to bend down to the, you know, point to the east or anything like that. We get to talk to God in the shower. I don't know about you, but that's when I talk to God the most. The shower is running. I'm like, God, I just don't know. I know it's awkward. I'm naked. But God, you already know that you created all this. So you know me. But I need to talk to you. I talk to God in the in the in the car. Anybody talk to God in the car? Like you just turn down the radio. Like God, we need to have a chat. We need to talk. So I'm so glad we can talk to this omnipresent God who will is available at all times to talk to us. But my question is, what do you expect when you talk to Him? We expect for Him to hear us. We expect for Him to hear us. But with that, now knowing that there is a difference, we just don't want him to hear our audible sayings or some feelings from our heart. We want him to listen to us. We want him to care about what we're saying. We want him to take in account the information that we're giving. We want to we want him to listen. And most important, this is the reason why most of us pray. We want him to respond. And for us, God doesn't respond quick enough. Amen. We feel like, God, you just don't do this quick. You just don't do it on time. And this is the God who has created time. He's like, I'm always on time because I've created it. And we're saying, God, well, something's wrong because you're late. You always wait to the last minute. But this is now for us. If God. In our prayer to him, we expect him to hear, listen and to respond. Then he has those same expectations for us. To hear him. To listen to him and to respond. See, it gets a lot harder now because we have those expectations for God, but he has those expectations for you. Some of us have been coming to church for day in and day out, and some of us have heard the word, but we haven't listened to the word. We've sat in church after church service and message after message. We'll walk outside to our car and we just haven't listened, but we've heard everything he said or that person has said, but we haven't listened. And if you don't listen, you cannot do what? Respond. So my challenge to you today, and I'm going to say that phrase over and over, those three phrases, uh, words, hearing, listening, and responding. And let me show you the magnitude of what it takes to have those three things and how important is it. Anybody in here know Jesus? Let me hear you say amen. So Jesus is, is the reason why we are freed from hell. Amen. Everybody in here, newsflash, deserves hell. Right? Yes. True. Facts. I don't care who you are and how long you've been this good person you are. You deserve hell. 
Jesus was like, no, he does it. No, I'll take it. Leo does it. I, I, I'll get on his cross for Leo. If it's just for Leo, I'll get on his cross for him. This awesome Jesus that we know about in Matthew 1 and 1, the Bible says that Jesus is born in the genealogy of this guy named David. So, you know, honestly, if it wasn't for David and this promise to David, Jesus, uh, excuse me, God told David and Solomon that forever you will have someone on the throne that's linked to your heritage, that's linked to your genealogy. You know, and so Jesus, that's why it's so important when you see the genealogy of Jesus, that's what makes it important. It's like, wait a minute. Why is it that important that David is linked to Jesus? Because God gave a promise to David that someone in his family will always sit on the throne and not just this throne here on earth the eternal throne that's crazy to me so you guys are talking about psalms and David is getting credit for most of the psalms that you guys have been going over and it's oh man so understanding all that I'm like God this is a great message and God was like okay but that's not what I want you to speak on I want you to speak on how David got chosen to be in this. So I started to look. I'm like, Cause what does this have to do with hearing? Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. And this is where I'm going to, um, this is where we're about to spend a lot of our time. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. Anybody here like Star Wars? I really don't care. But, um... Really, when it comes to Star Wars, I guess, this is what people tell me because I really can care less about Star Wars. I'm sorry. Some of you have just cut me off for the rest of your life now. But there, you know, Star Wars, like the first Star Wars wasn't the first Star Wars. Right? Correct? Am I at least right on that part? This, we're going to go backwards into the stories for all my Star Wars fans, okay? So we're going to start at 1 Samuel chapter 16. You can read your big Bible in the sky if you didn't bring yours. And... 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1 says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be what? To be king. We go to verse, jump down to 6 and 7. It says, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab. Eliab is one of Jesse's sons. And thought, surely in his mind, he said, wait, I'm seeing Eliab. This is the son of Jesse. God sent me down here to pick one of Jesse's sons to be a king. Eliab is the first one I see. Boom, this is easy. It says, surely the Lord anointed stands here before the Lord. Go to verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, I love this. The Lord said, we're going to think about this, hearing, listening, and responding. So the Lord said, so uh, Samuel heard, God says, do not consider his appearance or his height. Anybody want to say amen to that God doesn't look on the outside of things? Amen. <laughs> amen. I don't care about Planet Fitness. God looks at the inside, baby. Pass me that double cheeseburger. All right. Um. For I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. Thank you, God. People look at the outward appearance. Oh, people. But the Lord looks at the heart. Thank you. Let's jump down 
couple more verses, uh, 10 through 13. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. Can you imagine this? Like some of my younger people, like this is almost like swiping. Like Samuel is sitting there swiping, like not this son, not that son, not that son. Oh, not this one. And if you really think about it, these sons are all good looking. They're all warriors. They all are soldiers. You, you know, the story of David and Goliath, David goes down there. His brothers are at war. These are all individuals who are athletic and look like they should be fighting. And, 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 and Samuel is just passing them like, no, that's not the one. Because he's not just hearing God. He's listening for instructions from God. And he's responding accordingly. Like, I'm not going to pick him just because he's good looking. I'm not going to pick him just because he's tall. Samuel said to them, the Lord has not chosen none of these. Like, could you imagine God saying that to you about your kids? Because some of y'all in here look all nice and you dressed all nice today, especially the moms in here. Somebody can hit your car and you'd be like, oh, it's okay. Our insurance to cover it. Somebody can get, uh, you know, give you cold fries at Wendy's, and you're like, oh, I'll just eat these cold fries. Let someone say something about your kids. Some of y'all would take off your jacket real quick. Like, oh, no, you didn't. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, maybe it's just the people, the moms in Flint that do that, but I know there's some moms in here. <laughs> you was thinking it. Ah. Uh, My wife is trying to get my attention focused. Okay, I got you, baby. So he, so he asked Jesse, like, you, 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 these boys, none of these, God didn't give me an instruction for none of these. Is there none of these? Like, you, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and he had brought him in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and a handsome features. Then the Lord said, this is what Samuel heard. And he listened. He says, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel is now choosing David to be king, which God had, was going to later promise that Jesus is going to be from. Stay with me on this. So now Samuel has done his job. He has responded. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. Told you we're going to be in this. This is some good stuff. This is, I love the Bible. The, Bi the Bible is better, I believe, better than Netflix. I'm just going to say that out there. And Hulu and all these other things. The, and it's a whole lot cheaper. And the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord. So now we've gone back in the story. Samuel isn't a grown man because we've gone back in time. Now Samuel is a little boy. Samuel was ministering before the Lord under Eli. Eli is this priest. In those days, the word of the Lord was what? Rare. So really, people hadn't heard God's word a lot. People didn't know what God was speaking unless he was speaking it through a prophet. And the Bible said it was rare. It wasn't all the time. So it was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Samuel is this boy who is now asleep, and he's in, in the, basically in the church. He's in the temple with uh, uh, Eli, and he's sleeping in there. We'll tell you about how he got there in a minute. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. 
And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You call me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back to lie down. So he went and lay down. So you have Samuel hearing this voice says, Samuel, he gets up. I hear I am, gets up and runs to Eli, who's in bed. I believe this is some, this is some of us. We hear God's voice, but we're really not sure it's God talking. We hear him say something, but we're really not sure. Is it him or not? Is it God or is it that Mexican food I had last night? I really don't know. We, we, we hear these things. Some of you have been in church your whole life and God, you've been hearing something, but you're really not sure it's God. So you haven't listened directly to it. So it really hasn't connected with you. Again, the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli. And the second time says, here I am. You called me, my son. Eli says, boy, I did not call you. That was my version of it. Go back and go to sleep. Stop bothering. I'm trying to sleep. You go back to bed. Now, Samuel did not know the Lord. This is important. It's a very important part right here. Samuel did not know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. This scratches everything you, some of us, may have thought about God. God just doesn't talk to Christians. He also talks to people that don't know him. Amen? You wouldn't be here if God only talked to Christians. See, some of you weren't a Christian before God started talking to you. That's why you became a Christian, because God started speaking directly to you through a pastor, through a friend, through his Bible. Through the womb. Gone, sister. He's been preaching and speaking to you through, like he knows you. He created you. So God is speaking to you whether you have this label of saint or not. Saint or ain't, my granny used to say. And the third time the Lord calls Samuel because he doesn't know who this, this voice. He does, he's not familiar with it. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You call me. Then Eli realized, wait a minute. OK, I know exactly what's going on. Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. If he calls you again. If he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Wow. Now you know who's calling you. Now here's how you should respond. Here it is. Say, God, I'm listening. I'm your servant. I'm listening. So Samuel went, lay down, and back in his place. This is my favorite part right here. The Lord came. <laughs> and stood there calling at the as the at the other times, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. And my boy Samuel wasn't scared of the ghost. He wasn't scared of God. He wasn't scared. He was like, OK, I heard what my father told me. I heard what Eli told me. I heard it. I listened. And now I'm going to respond. I'm going to obey what he said. And I'm going to say this phrase. Speak. Your servant is listening. See, all the other times he was just hearing God, but now he wants to do what? Listen. Some of us who have come in here today, you need to stop just hearing. You need to what? Listen. Oh, you should walk from your car to the seat and you should be like, okay, Lord, I'm listening today. 
My heart is open. My mind is open. I want to be wrecked by you today. Let me hear you. I want to listen and I need to respond. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who what? Hears about it. Do what? Tingle. The Lord is standing at the bed of of Samuel like, boy, I'm about to do something that makes everybody get the goose pimples. (laughs) This is not, this is the Bible. If I would have just said this, y'all would be like, oh, the Bible don't say that. The Bible, the ears will tingle. And at the same time, I will carry out against carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from the beginning to the end. Oh my goodness. For I told him that I would judge his family. Listen to this. I told him I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about his sons blaspheme against God and he failed to restrain them. You don't know the story. We're not going to go into the depths of it anymore in this part, but he's, uh, Eli had these sons who were like, priests and they were doing their uh, duties and and they were actually uh, taking money and they were being inappropriate with the women. They were just doing some things. And the Bible says Eli heard about it from other people. He goes in to correct them, but he doesn't do anything else. He doesn't remove them from their spot. He doesn't remove them from their position. He just said, hey, y'all probably need to stop. But God told him specific things to do. He heard God, but he didn't listen and he didn't respond. So God is saying, Eli, you didn't listen. I'm going to talk to Samuel. Samuel, this is what's about to happen. You get home, you read the rest of the story. Like when Eli hears it from Samuel that God is about to take his family, Eli was like, well, let God's will be done because I have messed up. See, some of us, we hear God, but we don't listen and we don't respond. And God was like, "Okay, I'll bring the message to somebody else because you weren't obedient. You didn't take that time to listen to me. You act like you have busier things to do, more important things to do. There's nothing more important than hearing from God. Amen. Because we'll get on God for not listening to us and not responding right away. The same expectation comes to us. When God says do something, we should do what? We should do it. This is the God who can say to the waves, stop. This is the God who spoke the world into existence. And you're telling me your life is too busy when he speaks to you. Oh, I'm pointing at myself on this. Because I know, I know I've heard God say some things and I'm just like, oh God, I'm a little bit too busy on this one. I'll do that tomorrow. See, this 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 thing that we my life right now, I was at a place called Promise Village and Promise Village was owned by Dr. Tim. Many of you know, and I worked there for 10 years and my wife doesn't work. She's gone to school for five years. She was working as a counselor and ran a program for abused women. And then she had a baby. I don't know how that happened. And um we had a baby, and she was like, baby, I want to stay home as a wife. And I'm like, baby, you know you're making the paychecks, the bigger paychecks. How can you do this? How dare you? Uh, I didn't say that out loud, but I said that in my mind. But out loud, I was like, baby, 
you got it. You can do it. But inside, I was worried. Anyways, God blessed me with a job. And for 10 years or so, uh, I worked at a place called Promise Village, was making a great amount of, of, of difference there. And uh, the Lord was supplying our house with resources. Um, and Dr. Tim's father passed away. Uh, and then he made a right before his father passed away of, of cancer. He made a promise to his uh, wife. He says um, uh, to his mom, he says, listen, um, I'm going to be here for you. Since dad is not here, I'll be here for you. They live in Atlanta, Georgia. And Dr. Tim made the tough decision that this organization that he had been running for over 20 years. He says, I'm going to give it up because I made a promise to my mom that I'm going to take care of her when she uh, when my dad passed. He told us that. And uh, and we could do nothing but like, that's awesome. That's awesome. He says, Leo, but I'm going to we're going to have to shut down Promise Village. And actually, when, you know, the Lord has kind of moved in, we're going to be acquired, we're going to transition and, and be acquired and assume with another organization called House of Providence. At that time, uh, House of Providence is a great ministry. They had a girl's home. They wanted a boy's home. So it just worked out perfectly. They love the Lord. We love the Lord. So it all made sense. Uh, House of Providence wanted to start over on some things, so they just started slowly but surely kind of letting some of the staff go. I heard God in that moment that, you know, what do I need to do in this transition? It's like, I don't know what to do. Like, uh, they offered me a severance package, and then I was like, uh, but the paycheck is a lot cooler. Severance packages are nice, but I know me. That severance package was already spent before I even got it. I had already labeled the things that I was going to like, no, nah, I probably need to hold on to. So with that, God seems to bless in that moment. They held me, kept me, and let everybody else go. And I was going, yay, God. That's awesome. We transitioned, and everything went well. And, and then one moment, uh, one night, as I'm getting ready to leave, they asked to speak with me. They said, hey, Leo. Would you mind getting here around 9 o'clock? We want to have a meeting with you. I don't know what happened. I don't, like some people deal with anxiety. I don't. Like I've never dealt with it. And I pray for those and help those who do. But I've never, ever had that issue. But the moment that they told me that they want to meet with me, I was like, oh, no. But everything had been going right. Every report, every evaluation was great. They wanted to meet with me. Why my mind could not go to a positive place, I do not know. I tried covering up, and I went inside the house, and I just went to bed. It was like 6 or 7 o'clock, and I just laid in the bed. And why said, you know, she just let me, she knew something was up, so she just let me stay there. And uh, she got in the bed later on that evening, and I was just tossing and turning. I was trying to make myself go to sleep. I even thought about this. Don't judge me, please. Y'all know Benadryl and NyQuil? I thought about mixing those together. I, I was at a low point. Like, I don't know why my body is feeling like this. I'm feeling sick. I don't know if I'm like, I throw up. I just don't know. And my wife was like, what's going on? I was like, I just don't know. I got a meeting tomorrow. She's like, you don't even know what the meeting is about. But it's going to be bad. I know. I went and took a shower. It's now like 1 o'clock in the morning. And this is where God, if you just, I know God is trying to say something to me, but I wasn't listening because I was so busy worried about my own feelings. I was so busy worrying about what was about to happen that I did not listen to God. I got out the shower and seemed like that didn't work. And I re realized one thing, that I had not done my devotion that morning. Had not done it. So I was like, let me do my devotion. Let me try to get spiritual now. 
I was too busy this morning, so let me just, now I'm can't, I can't sleep. Let me do my devotion. You're not going to believe this. My devotion was about stand still, know that I am God. Oh, my goodness. I'm like, God, why you got to be so mean? I mean, that's a good statement, but he was like, I, was, I, told, you, I, I told you this morning, to, but you just didn't come and talk to me. You, you were too busy. But I had this morning to be still and know that I am God. And then in some of the scriptures in my devotion, it started going to Philippians. It starts, think of these things when you be anxious. <gasps> I'm listening now, God. He says, it's, oh, I'll go to the scripture and my wife is up because I'm making her stay up now. It's two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, baby, look at the scripture. He, the, my devotion this morning told me to be anxious for nothing and then think of these things. So now we start thinking of these things and we start putting labels to these things. So one of the things said, think of these things that are lovely. I earned some credit on this one. I said, baby, you lovely. <laughs> like we go to Facebook and we look through our wedding pictures that's on there and we just start reminiscing about that. And it says, think of something honorable. And then I'm like, wait a minute, Dr. Tim is honorable. Like, that's so cool that he gave up his like, job, the thing that he created, the thing that he thought God had given him. And he did for 20 plus years to go sit in a house with his ailing mother in Atlanta, Georgia. That's honorable to me. And then it says, think of something pure. So I thought of my little 16-month-old baby who is pure most of the time. I'm like, this little dude, he like, he's so innocent. Like, he just, not, he can do nothing wrong. Like, he's just an innocent, pure kid. Like, he just, he's just happy all the time. There's just nothing can faze him. He is pure. And we thought about him. We start thinking about all these other things and labeling it like, man, we start putting it in God. I'm telling you, in this moment, I've never experienced sleep like this in my life. From a person that could not go to sleep because of his anxiety, but breaking down the scripture, God was feeding my soul. And I was listening and my body responded by snoring. To this day, I've never had sleep like that in my life. I woke up the next morning, and you know what I did. I checked on my devotion. I wasn't going to go through that again. But then his devotion was telling me about Peter being in prison and that he was going to be freed from jail and didn't know where he was going. I'm like, uh-oh, this doesn't sound good. I go sit in this meeting, and I'm sitting there, and the peace that God gave me, and they first, their first question is like, Leo, do you want to be here? I'm like, yeah, but in my mind, I heard, do you want a paycheck? So I was like, yeah. And they said this, and it was beautiful. Jay and Maggie are awesome couple uh, believers of God. It was like, do you think you need to be here? I'm like, that's a hard question. Because I know that God has called me to do something outside of here. I know it. I've heard him say it. I've been listening lately that God is calling me to do ministry outside of here now. I had my chance with that severance package, and it was like, Leo, let's do this, man. Let's just, you know, like things are, like God is calling. We don't want to be in the way of that. We don't want to be, and this is how people, like, this is how Christians fire you. They're like, we don't want to be aware of that. Don't be blaming it on God. It's almost like this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. <laughs> 
weren't really, they weren't really firing me. It was just kind of like, hey, let's do this mutually. You know you shouldn't be here. Like, and there's things going on. We have transition going on. This is the perfect time to do it. And I walked out of there and I told my wife, and I'm like, we have, like, we're in full-time ministry now. As I started to tell her that, just seriously, a, a, a day later, uh, to almost 24 hours to that moment of telling her that what happened in that office, a family stepped in and said, we want to pay your salary for the next nine months to uh, for you to be in full-time ministry. No, 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 no. No, don't even clap now. It's too late. Uh, let me tell you why it's important to me. Because we had taken on a young man from Russia in our house as one of our sons now. We had taken on Miyosha's mother in our house now. So our house is full to capacity now. Hearing and listening to God, because I took that young man in and I took my wife's mother into our house thinking that the paycheck was going to sustain us. So the moment that that paycheck was taken away, I'm like, God, what are you doing? God says, boy, I love them as much as I love you. You think I'm going to leave Peter, who is from Russia, I'm going to leave him out there like that? No, I'm hooking him up and I'm hooking the widow up. I'm hooking your family up. I'm hooking you up. All because you're going to respond to me. Wow. So now we receive the news that my dad is retiring in September, nine months from now. And guess who's going to be the next senior pastor at Holbrook Avenue Church? I don't know what else to say. Trust. People say trust the process. I say trust God who created the process. Trust him. He knows exactly what's ahead of you. And if he's speaking to you, because we, like thinking about this moment that Samuel was hearing God, God was already working out Jesus coming to save those to be redeemed. And was going to use Samuel to choose David and to David to choose Solomon. And, and then all these things, the next thing you know, you have Jesus coming from that lineage. Your decision of responding to what God has told you could impact generations 400, 500 years after you're gone. Because you listened and responded to God's word. Because we expect that from him. Samuel would not be in this book if it wasn't for his mom, Hannah, who called out to God, and in her prayer, she says, God, I want to have children. And my son, if I have a child, I will give him to you. I promise you. God heard, he listened, and he responded by giving her uh, Samuel. And she gave Samuel to Eli. That's why Eli was in that uh, temple. So the three phrases that I have for you in there, I love this. This is hooked to scriptures, Mark 4 and 23. If you've got to hear God, Mark 4 and 23 says this. If anyone has ears to hear, let them what? Hear. But it just doesn't stop there. We go into listen. You go to verse 24. So, because you know, Mark says you have ears that you hear. That's not good enough. But listen, this consider carefully what you hear. That means to do what? Listen. Not just hear it. Consider carefully what you hear. With the measure you what? Use it. It will be what? 
measure to you, and not just measure to you, but even more. So if we respond, we will get this measure that's bigger. Look at John 10 and 27. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they respond to me. They follow me. The Bible tells you that you, how can a, a people hear without a preacher? How can you hear without the word of God? Some people always want to hear. Like some of us want God to speak to us like he spoke to Samuel. God, I just want you to stand at my bed and speak to me. God, like you will be scared, first of all. You will probably run. He says, but I'm speaking to you through your pastor. I'm speaking to you through your small group leader. I'm speaking to you through your word, and you're not responding. Like, it's very clear. It's literally in black and white and sometimes in red what I'm telling you to do. And you're not responding. So I challenge you today in this moment that you take to heart this, this process of hearing, listening, and responding, and watch God be God. He's taking care of my family, and I'm so appreciative of it because I know when, when I, we got Peter and Peter was at Promise Village and Promise Village was uh, kind of uh, being you know dissolved, Peter couldn't stay there. Peter had no place to go. I told my wife, baby, I'm about to lose my job. Her first response was, what about Peter? What about me, woman? Is what I said in my mind. And... Uh, I told her, we're trying to find Peter a place. She's like, no, Peter is going to be with us. I heard God tell me that, and I want to respond to that. I've listened to God. Peter's going to be with us. And we didn't know Peter, when they gave him Peter choices, Peter told them that he wanted to be with us. And what he'll tell you is, I picked Mr. Leo because I believe that's where God wanted me to be. What? Go on with your smart self. All the way from Russia through North Carolina, now in Flint, Michigan. How would we would have never known that if we weren't listening and responding to God? Let's stand. <laughs> I love this. I love this opportunity. It's challenging me. For some reason, my head still becomes hard when it comes to things of God. Things that I know God is telling me to do, sometimes I don't do it. Some situations that I may get in and I still, I'm still worrying and I'm still concerned and I'm still like, I don't know. I don't have the patience. God, God's like, Leo, be still and know that I'm God. Be patient and stand firm. I have you. I have, you know, I've ordered your steps. I, you know, yay, you know, you walk through this valley of the shadow of death for I am with you. My rod and your staff, my staff, they protect you. I'm going to lead you along the green, you know, the green pastures and the still waters. Leo, I'm God and I care for you. All I I need you to do. Your responsibility is this, is to hear me, know my voice from others, listen to me, process what I'm telling you to do, and react and respond on what I told you to do, and watch me do the rest. I love God. And I love that he loves me. Grab your neighbor's hand. I know sometimes this is kind of weird for people to do. But I just feel like we need to pray today as he close. 
I believe this message has been, like I don't believe it's a coincidence or accident that you're here. You didn't shock God today and you didn't surprise God that you showed up. I believe some of you heard God to, and you listened and you responded to getting your car today, no matter the weather, you got here today. And it was a reason. Don't sit in church like I used to and think that this message was for someone else. It was for you. God is talking to you and he wants you to respond. I'm telling you inside of your relationships, I'm telling you inside of your, 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 your jobs, I'm talking about inside of anything that you're doing in your, your social life, God has some things for you that he's going to direct your paths. And he's going to make them straight. Some reason that you needed to hear this today because you haven't been doing one of the three. Maybe you have you don't even know God's voice. Maybe you just don't haven't never accepted the Lord into your life. And you feel like, wait a minute, I thought God only talked to Christians. And you found out today that, no, he's talking to you today. Maybe you just hear God and or maybe sometimes you just listen, but you never respond or you don't respond enough. And God is challenging you in this year, in this week, in this day to respond when he tells you to do something. There are generations that will be impacted by your response. God, I love you so much. I do. Thank you for today. Thank you for uh, this magnificent church this wonderful body of believers. Thank you for allowing us to hear from you today and have the privilege to sit in your presence. We don't, we cannot you know, earn this type of things. And we consider it sometimes reckless, but God, it's a relentless love that you have for us and that we're here today because of you. And I pray that we've received something. I pray that we'd be able to go back to the scriptures and read more and to hear what, what else you're saying to us. I pray that you give individuals the patience to uh, hear you, to listen to you, and to respond to you. I pray you give them courage today to respond the right way, to respond when it doesn't seem comfortable, or respond when it's not popular. I pray, God, that you give individuals this life-changing, world-changing, family impacting message that you are speaking to them and they're going to change generations because of their decision. Thank you, Lord, for using us and considering us worthy. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. God bless you all.